morning. Welcome. Hello again. We're back. We're short this week for reasons. Both both Bernie's and Ryan's. Technical, uh, technical reasons. It's like lots of technical. Technology is the best thing in the world and the worst thing in the world. We just spent 30 minutes troubleshooting microphones only to realize it's because Zoom and GarageBand need to be set to the same thing. And if they're not, there is a conflict. Well, we all learn something new. The more you know, the more you know. And, and you know, Ryan, we could, we could spend the next 30 minutes of this podcast talking about that. But instead, let's talk about baseball. Let's do it, Vern. Uh, I would like to start with uh, a storyline that's been on my mind uh, all week. And I know that we are, boy, about 25 games away from uh, kind of coming down to the, uh, to the main event. Uh, but I want to talk about the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, and I want to talk about Mr. Derek Jeter. Uh, I really enjoyed Derek Jeter's, like the whole, all the fanfare surrounding Derek Jeter, becoming a Hall of Famer, uh, his speech, everything, I, the interviews. I, I've been consuming all the media as it pertains to Derek Jeter lately. And I think at a bit of a lull in the season, to be frank, because all the divisions are kind of more or less decided. And the ones that aren't decided, like whoever's fighting it out for the top of the division is definitely making the wild card. I think that the Derek Jeter Hall of Fame thing is kind of the the fun storyline that I've been looking for. You know, I was really bummed, though, because uh, just a, a miss on, on uh, again, Major League Baseball's part. But you put the Hall of Fame ceremony at what 2 p.m 12 p.m it was everything about it was pretty bizarre like it's also like why why is the ceremony happening now you know like there's so many quote-unquote like dog days of summer and like then you put the the hall of fame ceremony in september like that's kind of weird there's just there's a lot of like you got to think baseball has this problem where nobody is interested or not nobody, but very few people are interested outside of games, right? NFL has done this amazing job of making the draft an event, yeah. the, the you know, Hall of Fame's an event. I mean, basically, NFL has turned anything that's not an actual game into a giant event, and people love it. Right. People go crazy right. for it. They go nuts for it. Say, I mean, NBA does it with the draft. MLB draft, uh, nobody watches. Nobody knows anything about it. This was like the first year that I even thought the draft was te- like I even realized the draft was televised. Totally. And then you you have an opportunity here to expand it by putting in, I mean, got to be one of the m- most well known players of the last twenty plus years. You he, know, he was the face of baseball before Mike Trout. Basically, you'll you'll have people who don't care about baseball watching this. Right, like you'll get it all the attention you need. So find right. a day that you have the fewest games going, and put it at night, or put it in the off season at night. I, I just Manfred, Manford, whoever he is, uh, makes the worst soft Fred <laughs> uh, decisions when it comes to expanding baseball. I mean, you're trying to expand your audience, and you have the like again one of the most iconic baseball players there is and i didn't catch a single minute of it because it was the middle of the day 
I uh, I didn't like watch it on TV just because I don't have MLB Network, but I saw it like pretty immediately afterwards. Um, you know, Rob Rob Manfred criticisms aside, uh, I just like it was it was classic Jeter. First of all, like Jeter's just like he's doing his classic. Like all I ever cared about was winning. All I ever wanted to do was be sure. You know, he's he's the greatest human that ever lived. Like that's his superpower Absolutely. was never actually playing baseball. His superpower was always like his attitude and like I think that that kind of made him a great team leader. Uh, but like this week has been a great week to like bring up all the like Derek Jeter was overrated like chance which which like I love because like he's definitely he is I would say the most overrated player in the history of baseball. Like love the guy to death for what he did, but like he was essentially a guy who could find the gaps like he could hit to all fields and he was a wildly overrated shortstop who did a jump throw that like they've already scientifically proven is less effective than just stopping and throwing the ball uh, <laughs> which I always find great but there was just there was just Jeter magic like as a baseball fan it just like plays like the flip and like diving into the stands which I also thought the diving into the stands thing is a little overplayed because like that like, I've seen so many players dive into the stands, but for whatever reason, because Jeter did it, like, there's, like, this level of reverence we, we give to it. Oh, yeah. Um, even though there's, like, it kind of happens all the time. But but still, like, a really fun, you know, little Hall of Fame speech and a little bit, you know, Derek Jeter kind of just classically well-mannered. And then goes ahead and thanks all his teammates. And he said, I played with some of the best people ever. And I figured he would name mostly his early years guys. And he basically named people from throughout his entire career – and I thought it was really interesting that he included guys like Hideki Matsui, but didn't include A Rod. I uh, I thought that was I thought that was very very delicious. <laughs> well, I mean, A Rod uh, not only is a cheater, but is the worst baseball commentator uh, <laughs> in history. But I got to imagine Jeter like hated playing with him. <laughs> uh, I would imagine if he doesn't mention him, he must not have fond feelings of it. Yeah, I I, uh, I read there's somebody like Sports Illustrator, somebody did like a really comprehensive like history of Jeter and A-Rod. And it's very like, it's very like gossip column It's very like, and then like Jeter stayed at A-Rod's house and they were friends and then blah, blah. And like, it's, it, it was, it was, I'll admit like it was a little trashy of me to read it. Because uh, normally <laughs> I like to just, normally I just like to stick to like, no, let's just talk about the game. Let's talk about like why these guys are good at baseball, things like that. And in this one, I was kind of like, yeah, give me all the deets. And it was just very like, oh, okay, like A-Rod is insane. And after a long enough period of time, like Derek Jeter was just like, I'm not dealing with this guy anymore. I mean, he he carries a lot, a lot of baggage with him. So I'm not surprised. Even yeah. J-Lo got rid of him. What? <laughs> um... So yeah, let's move on. Uh, that was my number one story. I think next up, Ryan, let's let's kind of let's talk about the races going into the home stretch. About 20, 25 games to go. Yeah, let's see what. Uh, let's start with the boring AL. Uh, yeah. So what's cool about the races right now is that it, like most of the divisions are pretty locked up. Yep. Uh, so we kind of have three weeks of like wild card baseball essentially at this point. Um, Tampa Bay is running away with the AL East. White Sox are running away with the AL Central. Houston's running away with the AL West. Atlanta is in the only real division race, but they're probably going to run away with the NL East. 
Milwaukee's running away with the NL Central. And, of course, the NL West, where every team is better than every other NL team. The Dodgers and the Giants are locked into a big battle. Um, but the Dodgers, well, the Giants kind of look, I mean, they're three games I up mean, in the loss column. The Dodgers the just there. can't, uh, their offense is, is non-existent right now. And they can't uh, stay healthy. You know, and, uh, you know, the the hottest player on the team, Pollock, got a hamstring pull, so he's out two to three weeks. Um, Belly, I, I read this stat earlier, I believe it was 11 for 125. Uh, that's Crazy. That's, I mean, I feel like that's you have crazy. to try to get that. It's amazing that he's, that he, like, flirted with 400 deep into the 2019 season. Deep into it. Here's my and, like, theory. He's sub he, 100. He had shoulder surgery. Yeah. He claims he's back. He's done all these things, blah, blah. I don't think he's back. I think that what's happening is whatever swing he was doing that he was having success with, I think is still causing him pain or there's mm. there's junk in there or there's something. And so he's trying to adjust and isn't having uh, much luck with it. You know, basically, I think he's just, you know, I, I, I think you give him – an off season where he gets treatment, all this stuff can kind of really fix what's going on. I think you have a possibility he comes back and is better than he is right. But he he looks lost right now. He looks lost to the plate. Um, you know, and then uh, who else? Billy McKinney <laughs> from the Mets, who I think is hitting there right with him. But it's funny because we got rid of uh, Yoshi, who went to the Pirates, and he's like tearing it up on the Pirates. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know. Uh, DJ Peters, we sent to the Rangers, get tearing it up on the Rangers, uh, and and right now though the entire Dodger offense is like, I mean I think yesterday's game which they lost to the Cardinals, the five through nine hitters were zero for fifteen or something like that, not not a single hit between right. five through nine, and that's kind of the, that's again and we kind of talked about this in the last episode that's supposed to be like kind of the modern approach that's the Rays approach to baseball that the Giants and the Dodgers are trying to emulate which is that you get these utility guys so that you don't have any holes in your lineup correct right correct so when five so it's like you know when Ryan says oh five through nine is hitting poorly you know the average baseball fan is kind of like so the fuck what but like that's kind of the thing right like that's supposed to be the model of success these days is that one through nine can hit Correct. Even correct. if one through nine, and even the just contact. Fielders. Correct. Yeah, just they can get hits, and that's the that's where they've been this year. They've been terrible with men on base. Uh, uh, you know, leaving leaving men stranded, um, and then just I mean, right now they just can't hit, and so it's it's kind of amazing that they're eighty eight wins into the season. You know, they've got uh, I mean the second best record in baseball, tied with Tampa Bay. And honestly, they've been playing like shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of incredible uh, that you can be so bad yet so good. Um, you know, the, the, they're, the top of their rotation is still doing really well. Julio Urias and Walker Bueller are still and, – and, and Max Scherzer's addition. Oh, Scherzer I think, is just – I think that's kind of what I point to for they're playing like shit, but somehow they're still the second best record in baseball. I, I point to those three guys basically. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then the Giants pretty... are just, uh, you know, 
for lack of a better word, just resilient. You know, every every game it looks like they're gonna lose. Somehow they pull through late, uh, and they they get get going in the eighth or ninth inning, and they pull off the win. It's like it's pretty incredible, and I think I will probably say that all the way to the end of the season. I know uh, just how good they consistently have been uh, without. You know, a, a lineup that anybody thought was going to be a contender. I think that I, I think it, it, it's so hard in baseball to see a team with undervalued players doing well and really say like, oh, like I think they're for real. And it's actually funny because I was thinking about this the other day in terms of the Rays as well because we don't talk nearly enough about how bad the Rays starting pitching is, like. Like, we all look at the Giants and we just go, like, man, like, I don't know how they're doing it with that lineup of hitters. But, like, with the Rays, just it's almost like because we believe in their hitters, we don't ever stop and say, like, man, I don't know how they're doing it with that starting rotation. I haven't even really looked at their starting rotation recently. There's no – because that was, that was always kind of the thing was they always kind of had – the Rays have always had, like, nice pieces, right? So it's like it always kind of made sense that they were doing well. You were like, oh, great strategy, right? Great management, great ma- uh, great, great front office, and, like, nice pieces. And especially in the pitching world, like, they always had, like, one or two really good pitchers – or starters, excuse me, because they, they have a pretty nice bullpen right now. But, like, there's, like, nobody starting for them right now. Like, all their great starters from last year, you know, Rich Hill, Charlie Morton, Blake Snell, they're all gone. Like, the only name you even know right now that's a starter of theirs is Chris, Ar- Chris Archer, and he's not the Chris Archer you remember if you even do know that name. Uh, so, yeah, it's pretty... Well, you know, JT Chargois, come on. <laughs> Excuse me. You know what, Ryan? When you're right, you're right. I apologize to, the, to you. I apologize to Max, who's listening right now. And to JT, who, you know... The real JT. The real JT. The real JT. <laughs> We should just name this podcast the real JT. The real, the real JT. Um, Ryan, let's move on over to the wild card race because I think that's, yeah, that's kind of where we're having really fun this yeah. season. Uh, you've basically got the AL East in the AL slugging it out for two wild card spots. You've got the Red Sox, the Yankees, and Toronto all within basically a game and a half of each other. Actually, literally. I don't even know what I said basically. They're all within a game of a half of each other. But more importantly, they all have the same number of losses right now. So, in effect, they're all tied for it. And, uh, and this is with the Yankees losing six in a row. I think and nine of the last ten, or, or Toronto won nine of the last ten. And fun, fun yeah. stat, Toronto and the Yankees just finished up a series – First series since I think like 1922, where the Yankees literally never took a lead. I mean, uh, look at the whole wild card. You've got Red Sox up a game, Yankees, uh, you know, have the second wild card. Then you go Toronto a half game behind, Mariners two games behind, and A's two games behind. Yeah. So essentially, I really hope the A's and the Mariners don't get it. <laughs> anybody can grab this easily. We've got a four-team race for two spots, I or a five-team race for two spots. I really, really, really hope the A's don't make it because I've seen this movie before. Uh, and because I just like – I like the AL East squads better this year. In particular, I really hope Toronto makes it. Um, 
But we'll just kind of see. Do you have a pick between these 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 five teams for for your top two, Ryan? Do you think you're going to get it? I mean, I think Toronto is going to pull it off, uh, just because they've been consistently, you know, kind of showing pieces. Red Sox, I don't feel like should be there, and they just got hit uh, pretty hard with COVID. Sales yeah. out. I, I feel like they're getting hit at the wrong time. Um, you They've know, been getting like with COVID too. 20, 20 games, I think, left in the season, roughly. It's and, 20, and, yeah. You know, you got to think if, if you're hit with COVID, I mean, that could put you out two weeks. So you're in a lot of trouble there. If I'm not mistaken, it's a 10-game minimum, right? Yeah, so you, half, of your, half of your what's left, you know, you're, you're losing guys for. Um, you know, the Yankees always seem to pull it off, but I would – Personally, I'd I'd love to see the Blue Jays and the and the A's. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a huge Yankees fan. Um, I'm not a I'm not a, a Red Sox fan. Um, you know, so Seattle. I mean, <laughs> it'd be nice just because sure it's Seattle and they don't. Seattle would be but, funny, right, with the offseason with, yeah. with that dude in the front office who was who was talking all that smack at the Rotary Club. Uh, yeah. For me personally, I'm hoping for Yankees, uh, Blue Jays. Uh, yep. I just think that those are the two top to bottom most fun teams to kind of watch in terms of like the caliber of people on there. Like I think that, and I want to talk about this in the next segment, but I think that Vlad Jr. is having basically an MVP season that will be forgotten because he's not going to beat Otani for the MVP. Uh, yeah, which is such a bummer. But I mean, not, which is a bummer. A bummer and not, right? We'll, we'll, we'll get into it in the next segment. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think that that's like, that's the match. That's the, those are the two squads that I would want to watch kind of duke it out uh, the most. Like Oakland, Oakland's doing well. You know, they're, they're having timely pitching in a weird way. Uh, and and like come Boston on, Burn, don't had you the want, hot start. Don't you want the A's to live up to what they do every year? We make wild card. Everybody says the A's are back and they lose. Well, the worst thing too is that if the A's make the wild card, the A's are going to win the wild card, and that's when everyone says the A's are back, and then they will get swept in the actual first round, and that is the most A's thing to do. I feel like it's destiny. Uh, I feel like it's destiny. There is, there is. You know what's funny is there is like this level of this with baseball where like I don't know about you, like every time the Twins make the playoffs, and it's like Twins year, and you're just like, <laughs> I've seen this shit before, like Twins year to lose like three games in a row, and and like with you know playing two of those three at home somehow, you know, like it's always sort of this level of script of like certain teams that just don't perform well in the playoffs or let you down in the playoffs. And uh, yeah, I was trying to think AL, I feel like has a lot more of those teams than than the the NL. NL. I feel like the NL. So this is, this is, these are my like classic storylines, if you will, for the AL and the NL. I think that the AL, the classic storyline is that the uh, that the um, that the Oakland A's and and like I said, the um, the Minnesota Twins make the playoffs and then like have all the hype and then lose. I think that in the NL, it's a little bit more. Um, sorry, I'm I'm peeking through the the rosters right now because I did I had it in my head. Oh, in the NL, it's if the Cardinals somehow find a way in, like any way in at all, they will make the NLCS. Like that's my big, that's my big stereotype. It's like no matter how good every other team, you know, you know, I mean, you're a Dodgers fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It doesn't make any Dude, sense. We were, I mean, I I can't even remember the year, but I still know 
it, it was a while ago because I think I was working at Ant Farm still. But it was like I couldn't watch the game because I was working or something. And Dodgers were up like 10-0, you know? And it was like, oh, awesome. Well, we got this game. And then next thing I know, we lose like 11-10. It was, yeah. something, it was something like that. And I was like, what the – what? And basically that set the way it went. I think we lost the series to them. That's that's one of those emotional losses where you're just like the team. You can you can just tell sometimes these emotional losses happen and teams just don't recover. Uh, yeah, St. Louis just like always finds a way to basically at least the NLCS. Um, that's my big playoff stereotype with the NL. I would say that there's also like this isn't as fun of one, but like every five years the Pirates or the Reds hit the absolute apex of their like rebuild of like. All our players that we tanked for are 25 years old. They're all having the best season of their lives. We have an MVP candidate. We're playing a home wild card game, and then they lose. Like, and it's every five years. And then it's like, and we'll rebuild for the next four years. And I'll see you in five for this exact same loss. Like, that's those are my kind of those are my playoff stereotypes that I always enjoy. There's other ones that come here and there, you know here and there. Obviously, like the Atlanta Braves, like kind of flunking out of the playoffs year in and year out is is. It's less consistent and less fun of a narrative, but those those are my favorites. Yeah, they beat us in 2013 and 2014, the Cardinals. And I yep. can't remember which one it was, but I just I I'll never forget it because it was they they were uh always like that. But that was that's also like the Giants, man. I mean the Giants, you know, yeah. I, I fear the Giants making it even without <laughs> Bumgarner in there is because the Giants would always figure out a way when they were on mm-hmm. their their uh, you know their trilogy or whatever the hell you want to call it, where they basically would sneak into the playoffs in the wild card. Right. You know, I don't even know if it was like the second wild card, but they like snuck in, and then all of a sudden, they're just the most dominant team you can ever imagine, and you're like, what, what the what what just happened here? Like. Their, tri- their trilogy had a lot to do with their pitching. Just like they, they absolutely just – I've always felt this way about sports where like you have guys who can dominate lower competition and guys who can dominate top-tier competition. And yep, like yep. technically speaking, those guys who can dominate top-tier competition, it really feels like those are like the real ones, you know? And Well, yeah. I mean, I, no, Bumgarner no distri- to me oh, like – no, I, I sorry to interrupt you, but like no, no, I always hate it because Kershaw and Bumgarner uh, – you know, the dueling aces as it's always put, right? And and Kirsch to me, I will always, you know, uh, rank higher in my own little Dodger world, right? But it's like right. regular season, and I'm doing this without looking at stats. Right. I do believe regular season, Kershaw overall is a better pitcher. So, so just to jump in and support your point, uh, as somebody who frequently looks at these stats, it's like not even close. Kershaw is like one of the greatest regular season pitchers of all time, and Madison Bumgarner is a surprise. He's a good, not great regular season pitcher. You're, yes. you're right. And then postseason, again, I, I'm just winging it here. I believe Bumgarner is legitimately one of the best postseason pitchers of all time. Correct. It's, Correct. it's insane. So it's like... How do you compare their legacies? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a tough question, but it's like, man, you know, you that guy. I still remember. Again, I don't remember what game, but I remember him coming in yeah. to close game, out a game. Game seven of the twenty. 
2013 World Series is what you're remembering. Or maybe 20, no, no, 2014 World Series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they went even What years. a game. And he comes in to close it out and is just, yeah. They couldn't touch him. They no. couldn't touch him. It's, oh, it's, I love uh, that Royals team. I love that Royals team. Ugh. It's um, just unbelievable yeah. to me. <laughs> and, and, and so that's kind of where that dynasty came from is that the Giants, just they just had the real ones. They just at, at pitching. And that's what it came down to for me. Um, moving over to the NL uh, wild card, which is a lot funnier because you've got oh, yeah, the, the Dodgers. Like... The Dodgers are, are the first wild card team, uh, and they have a 13-game lead over number two. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, the Padres are in the second wild card, uh, up a game, uh, two games in the loss column on Cincinnati, uh, three games over St. Louis. Yeah, and three and a half uh, over Philly. Three and a half over Philly. I kind of feel like this is going to be between the uh, between the Padres and the Reds. Just kind of. I mean, I know that's kind of the easy analysis. Um, Who's your? I know because I know who your number one wild card team is, Ryan. Well, and that's of course, the, I mean the San Francisco uh, Giants. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, you know, Dodgers kind of blew it though. They they played the the Giants in a three game series. First game lost by like a you know an error, which is you know I, whether you win or lose, you hate to see a game go like that. Uh, second game they destroyed them, and then third game Giants destroyed us. So. Basically, they were able to jump that two-game or get it back to, I believe, one-game full-game lead. And then Dodgers lost two to Cardinals, pulling it two-and-a-half-game lead for the Giants. Uh, right. But now they face a three-game series against the Padres. So it's kind of funny because this series, while everybody thought the importance of the series was going to be uh, different, they thought it was going to be the race between you know the Padres and the Dodgers here. Right. It is funny, the significance of this, because it's huge for the Padres to stay above Cincinnati. Yep. But it's huge for the Dodgers to continue the chase against uh, the Giants. So it's right. kind of funny. The, the significance this series took on uh, completely different than what uh, everybody thought it was going to have significance for everybody thought, Oh, Dodgers Padres are going to be what's racing for the division. You know, giants will fall off. Lo and behold, here we are with 20 games left and giants still haven't fallen off. So I kind of feel like they're 90 and 50. They're not going to <laughs> fall off. I don't know. Could be wrong, but I don't think they're going to fall off. Um, so I, you know, um, I think it's a tough one because the, the reds have been playing some really good baseball. Um, mm -hmm. Padres are very uh, roller coastery, for lack of a better word. Um, yeah. You know, up and down with the way they've been playing consistently. You know, if I were to, I mean, Snell though right now is finally, I know, being the pitcher he's supposed to be, <laughs> which, uh, which I is love. good to see. I mean, I'm glad yes. to see for him because I've always liked him, and you know, as much as. You know, you always want the teams in your division to not be as good. I'm glad to see him kind of find his, his groove again. Um, yeah. But I think the – man, it's a, it's a really tough call for that second wild card. Um, right. I don't think the Cardinals are going to get it. I don't think the Phillies are going to get it. And I don't think the Mets are going to get it. So I really think it just comes down to the Reds and the Padres. And I actually think this series starting tonight for the Padres plays – big into it because I also believe in that whole momentum, right? 
if you if you're the Padres and you come in and you win the series against the Dodgers, you're fucking pumped, right? Like I think that yeah. that momentum helps take you through the rest of the season. If you get like swept by the Dodgers, I think your momentum kind of dies, and I think the yes. the Reds can can you know really start securing that wild card spot. And all that early season energy we talked about where we were like saying like there's nothing wrong with like being that, you know, crazy and that hyped and that into it. It's just like you got to kind of match the moment like yeah. this is the moment. You this know? is the moment. You know, that early stuff, it's great. I get it. But you got to remember, we're running a marathon here, you know, not a sprint. Now is the sprint. Now is the sprint. To the end. and 20 games. You know, you're 13 games back from the Dodgers. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Uh, what's the matchup tonight? It's Musgrove and uh, Urias. Yeah, uh, I will. Be I will be matchup. there uh, tonight. Oh, nice. Yeah, I will be there. So be great, great pitching matchup. Yeah, yeah be, I'm hoping. I'm kind of. You know what's funny? And and one of our listeners will enjoy this. I'm kind of hoping the Mets make it. Uh, I don't think the Mets will because they're just. They're the Mets are like a month off and they've only got. Like three weeks, if you know what yep. I mean. Like yep. they're just like their hitting is finally starting to come together just enough. Like like uh, I just saw a report really recently that Degrom is saying his elbow is structurally fine, everything's fine, mm. and he's just like kind of getting back to because he's throwing and he's like I wouldn't be throwing at all if something was wrong. Uh, so like the Mets are like a month off. It's a really fun team. It's a really fun team. The pitching is like. It's it's the pitching is Padres esque. We're like a lot of big names that keep getting hurt or not quite performing right or whatever. Uh, and the hitting with this whole Lindor and Baez shit is like has never been more entertaining in terms of like their relationship with the fans and with the team and with the city and blah blah blah. So I'm weirdly rooting for the Mets, but they are and I'm gonna get this exact number. I think they're three. No, they're five games. They're back five games. The back. second game wild card. Yeah. With about 18 to go, you're basically talking about you're basically talking about every team in front of you not falling off a cliff, but sharply no longer winning, and you sharply winning at five games back. Um, so it's probably not going to happen. Uh, I don't it's think probably so. going to be San Diego or Cincinnati, like you said. I'll be curious to see. It kind of really does feel like if San Diego can keep putting it all together from a pitching standpoint and cause their hitting is starting to look lost. It's kind of, and yep. a lot of that is Tatis was just the engine and he just hasn't been the same since he's come back. Uh, you also see, by the way, funny note. I think we mentioned this. We may have mentioned this last time. The Padres and giants play each other 10 more times. Yeah. Which is going to be either really good for, I mean, honestly, it's, it's really good for really either bad. team. It's, 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 it's really good and really bad, like, for both teams. Because, again, if the Giants get whooped by the Padres, just say 7 of 10, right, they probably fall out of first place, I would imagine, in that, yeah. in that ring. And then, the Dodgers will keep coming, yeah. And then the Padres would jump up and probably grab that second wild card. It's, if it it's definitely reversed, benefits the Dodgers, yeah. You know, mm. if the Giants, you know, take it, then it's like Reds are going to then get the wild card and then Giants will probably hold first place. 
Yeah, we'll kind of see how it goes. I tend to feel like that is going to benefit the Dodgers more than anybody. Uh, but San Diego, you know, it's tough. It's going to be a tough road. But, like, here's the thing. If San Diego survives it, like, they're going to be in playoff mode two weeks before anybody else. Like, like I would be scared to play San Diego if in the 10-game series they win seven or even eight. I mean, eight's a oh, lot. Yeah. But if they oh, could yeah. win seven out of ten against the Giants – in the last 20 games. It'd be incredible. And they'd be in playoff mode oh, and they'd yeah. be locked in. I know. It would just it would be a scary sight for, you know, we'll say whoever. I mean, because at that point too, if they take seven out of ten from San Francisco, they're probably playing them in the wild card, you know? So yeah, we'll we'll kind of see how this ends. And that also, by the way, speaks to how we were talking about how San Francisco's had kind of a, a bit of a patty cake schedule, you know, the second half. Uh is like, yeah, now they have to play some tough teams. So yeah, we'll, we'll kind of see how it shakes out. I don't know if I even have a prediction for this one Wait yet, to be honest. San Diego plays. They have a tough and schedule. We, and we play San Diego yep, they have six a tough more schedule. times. <laughs> Holy shit. They're, they're basically playing the two best teams in the NL from here on out. Like, that's it's so brutal. Wow. Who are they, not, who are they playing that's not those two teams, you know? I, I mean, now that I look at it, I'm like not they they can't be playing many people they're going dodgers 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 giants 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 and then cardinals who again are the other fucking wild card team and then giants and then dodgers do they have Dude, october one and they two? play and they literally yeah they literally play la san francisco st louis san francisco atlanta la san francisco that's got to be I the atlanta of it that has sure to be one of the atlanta? hardest yeah Oh my God! I totally missed that. That's funny. Atlanta, who is you know kind of creeping up in the standings. I'm telling you, this so has to be funny. one of the hardest schedules to finish out the season. That's what I'm saying. If they're gonna if they're gonna make the playoffs, they're going to fucking earn that shit. Wow! 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 All right, that well, is so funny. Keep we don't have any Padre fans Padres. that listen, but good luck, Padres, because we have one partial Padres fan. We have a Cubs slash Padres fan who listens oh. to this podcast. Well, shout out to Ken. Well, thanks, Ken, for uh, listening. Give us your your thoughts on uh, your team's chances of uh, pulling this off. You know, Ken, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you about these Padres. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you should you should come on be a be our guest and uh, you know one of uh, hundred Padre fans that I think there are. It would be great to. I think we could get Ken in next week. Right, I think I want to see how Ken's feeling this time next week. <laughs> we'll see how Ken's doing. We also need to get in uh, my, buddy get Aaron, my buddy Aaron, my buddy Aaron, who's the Giants fan uh, from home. Talk baseball almost every day with him. Uh, let's let's put some asks out to these guys and yeah. see when they can record. We'll uh, we'll do it. All all of you being called out, or even if we didn't call you out, and you listen to us uh, and want to talk baseball. Let us know. We wanna we wanna talk with you. Um, should we should we run through MVP? Should we kind of just finish up? Maybe I think we got to wrap because you know unfortunately mm-hmm. the mic issues put us way behind. <laughs> so and, far behind. Uh, and well, I have I have a, a work meeting followed by mm-hmm. another work meeting followed by another work meeting. So Ryan's a very important man for those it's for not, those of you listening who thought that Ryan was nothing. Let me tell you, it's, it's not about importance. It's just about. Uh, 
being busy. So, you know. Meetings are the best. Uh, well, it's been a fun week. Uh, I'm excited. My, my thing that I'm looking forward to is I just can't wait to see what the Padres do with this just basically month of playoffs. <laughs> just to get them to one yep, play. I agree. Game. I agree. Uh, yeah, Ryan, what, you, what are you excited for coming up next week? I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm just excited for the race to the playoffs. You know, um, I paid a, a fortune for my playoff tickets. So, uh, oh, while renewing for 2022, they like to do it all at the same time. This guy's a Dodgers fan. Renewing, committing to the squad, committing to the boys. Boy, does it. And they raise their prices this year, so good for them. Um, But I'm really looking forward to just, you know, playoff baseball. To me, that's the, there is nothing better, uh, especially as a baseball fan when we're, you know, I love it, but we're, we're 162 game season, right? Wins and losses, you know, you're kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, we'll get them next time. We'll do this. Playoffs, every game matters. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to get there. Love it. See you guys next week. We'll see you. We'll see you next week. Uh, we'll, we'll be better, as we always say, but we really will because uh, we can't be worse behind. than we can't be worse than we were today. <laughs> yeah, no, we were pretty bad today. So apologies for the short episode. We'll have plenty to talk about next week, including the MVP race, and probably more playoff talk because a lot of shit will happen in one week. Love it. Till then, uh, drink that coffee, talk that baseball. Yeah.